so glad to see all of you. You know, every, every now and again, you know, we take for granted the fact that we made it out to God's house. And the fact is, if you're like me, uh, if you had a week like I did, uh, you shouldn't have been here right now. Uh, you know, there's some crazy things that took place. And, you know, I, on Wednesday, um, I think it was on, was it on Wednesday? On Wednesday, my wife actually got a job, praise God. And uh, on the way uh, to the drug screening to get to, you know, to, to go in, she wasn't going to, you know, she was going to pass. But on the way there, <laughs> on the way there, our transmission died. And so for those who, that was a, so it was a really bittersweet day. Uh, for those of you who know anything about cars, know that transmissions are extremely expensive. Uh, and I don't know if it was your transmission, but some of you uh, may have been going through some challenging things this week, some things that uh, you had to press your way to come here today. And in fact, if you can, just look at somebody, tell them, neighbor, some things might have happened this week to stop you from being in God's house. But tell them some good news. Tell them you made it. Give somebody else a high five. Tell them you made it. See, the enemy might have tried to do some things to stop you, but the good news is that you are here. And I'm telling you that you did not waste your time. I'm so glad that you are here on today at Relevant Church. Uh, for those of you who know me, my name, and for those of you who don't, uh, my name is Andrew, and I'm very excited to be able to be now one of the servants here at Relevant Church. Uh, my family and I, we relocated here from Michigan earlier this year. And, uh, and so we're so glad to have that opportunity. I used to come and preach for you guys uh, for the past few years. I've been coming and preaching. Uh, but I'm excited that now we get God opened some doors for us to be here in California. And so 80 degrees uh, winter is good with me. And so we're so glad, so glad to be able to be here and be a part of the family. Some things to bring to your attention really quickly. You heard about the school of ministry. You absolutely need to be a part of the school of ministry. Usually when people think of the school of ministry, they think of, you know, pastors or ministers or people who are entering into full-time ministry. However, every single one of you here is called to be a minister. In other words, you need to be in a position where you are ready, as Peter tells us, ready to be able to give an answer for the faith that you have inside of you. And so it's going to be four weeks in duration. It's going to be amazing. You have the opportunity to participate. Uh, and I'm telling you, not just telling you that because I get to teach one of the sessions uh, but I'm telling you that because you really need to be a part. So uh, after service, go and sign up at the reserve table. Uh, I know I'm going to butcher this. Is it Pharrell's? Pharrell's? Pharrell's. Cool. Uh, thank you to everyone. I'm thinking of, you know, I'm happy. No. Um, but I'm so glad we're so excited and happy for everyone who came out on pa this past Friday uh, to the event. My, one of my sons was sick, and so I wasn't personally able to make it out. But I heard that we had some guest appearances by the lovely Geraldo Miguel and Rosara. I wonder if I can say it like you. Ooh la la. <laughs> and so we heard that it was fantastic. And uh, so thank you to all of you who came out. Remember, there are some awesome opportunities for you to connect uh, throughout the summer, and you absolutely would love to be a part of that. Um, also, one last thing for you. Uh, this is something that just came up. We have a great opportunity for you to serve on July 4th. What day did I say? Yeah, July 4th uh, at the, let me see this again, uh, Ryan Bonamino or Bon. bon Bonaminio, thank you, Park, uh, near Mount Rubido. 
uh, on that date, we are going to gather, a few of us who are willing, we're going to gather, we're going to go out there uh, during the fireworks time and hand out free uh, water. And it's not, you guys don't call it pop, it's called soda. Yes. So free water and soda. Uh, and we're going to be a blessing to the people who come out that wise. Uh, we're also going to hand out some cards with information about our church to invite some people out to experience the awesome stuff that's happening here at Relevant Church. Aren't you excited about what God is doing in this house? So if you would like to participate, uh, Dino, our bass player extraordinaire, uh, he has opened his residence, which is right near uh, to our Mount Rubido. And we're going to be able to set up there and get prepared. And we're going to be able to go out and be on mission and serve those who Jesus sends. Because we are the church, right? It's not this, this definitely, if this, this definitely not a church. Uh, so we are the church. And we have that opportunity to serve in that capacity. Glory to God. I have my favorite cousin is here today. Cousin Kasha. Yeah. And I'm so glad. She is such an awesome lady. And so we're so glad to have you with us today. Uh, glory to God. Well, you know what? Let's go right into the word of God. I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, Pastor Jonathan has been doing a fantastic job of presenting uh, the book of John over these past few weeks. Last week, we finished John chapter six. Uh, how, weren't you blessed by that message for those who were here? And uh, so today I have the assignment of starting John chapter seven. And so if you can, if you lend me the next few minutes of your time, if you could go to John chapter seven and say or sing, I got it when you get there. I think some of y'all were lying. You just wanted to sing. That was really fast. If you can't sing, you can just say it. Okay, I hear a few more. I hear you. Awesome. Fantastic. So let's go, in, let's go to John chapter 7, uh, verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9, and then we're going to go right into the word. It says, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea. Everybody say his brothers. Leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works that uh, the works you are doing. For no one works in secret. If he seeks to be known openly, if you do these things, show yourself to the world for not even his brothers believed in him. Somebody say his brothers. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it. Uh, and it's that its works are evil. And he kind of punked his brothers here. He classified them, said, listen, y'all are from the world. And so if you go, they're not going to hate you, but they're going to hate me because I'm standing against that which they are doing. And then he goes on and says, uh, you go up to the feast. Verse eight. I am not going up to this feast. Help me, Jesus. For the time has not yet fully come. My time has not yet fully come. After this saying, he remained in Galilee, you go up to the feast, verse 8. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. Bow your heads with me uh, for a moment. God, we're just so thankful for this opportunity to preach your word. Master, I just pray that you would arrest uh, this time and use it for your glory, that you would touch hearts and minds so much so that those who need deliverance would leave here free. Those who need salvation would leave here saved. 
those who are skeptics, Lord Jesus, that they would leave here closer to you than when they came in this place, Lord. Not only that, God, I pray right now uh, for every church that is preaching your gospel around Riverside right now, Lord, and around the world. Be with them, Lord God. Do great and mighty things, Lord, in and through them. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. I want to preach uh, this message to you for a moment uh, called Not Yet. If you will, look at your neighbor and just tell them, say, neighbor, not yet. Look at your other neighbor, tell them, you look nice today. Tell them not yet. No, that, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean it that way, but it just happened. So this is, this is what is this? What, what, what is this, guys? Popcorn. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, popcorn. Orville, Orville Redenbacher uh, popcorn. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I, whenever I'm getting ready to watch my favorite show uh, at home or I'm getting ready to watch my favorite movie, what I'll do is uh, I'll go to the cupboard. And I'll usually grab a box, uh, the box, and a bag of Orville Redenbacher popcorn. I love it. It goes good with a movie. Uh, it's just awesome to me. Uh, now, now, the fact is that on this bag, this is a microwave. Uh, we put it in the microwave. On this bag, uh, there, is, there are instructions. It tells you which way to put it in the microwave. But it also tells you how long you're supposed to leave it in the microwave before you take it out. Now, it says on here, you know, that we should have it in there for a minute to a minute and a half. Say we decide that we're going to put it in there for a minute and a half. If I get ready to take it out before the minute and a half is up, what would you say? Would it be ready? Not yet. And in fact, for those of you who are skilled, for those of you who, like me, uh, you, you're to a place where, you know, that minute and a half that's prescribed, Sometimes it doesn't cause or it doesn't allow for the popcorn to be done perfectly. And so what you'll do is you say, forget that. You put it to a minute and 50 seconds and you just sit there and listen like me. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Should I press stop? Should I? Should, no. Uh, should I press stop? Should I press? Waiting for there to be uh, long enough pauses between the pops because that usually means that it's time for me to be able to take it out. Are you with me this morning? I won't, what does this have to do with me? What does, what does any of this have to do with me? What does this mean for us today? I'm going to tell you in a second. Let's look in this passage uh, and let's see, see some awesome, interesting things in here. And then we're going to look further at this. Are you there in John chapter 7? After this, Jesus went about in Galilee, verse 1. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews, feast of the booths, was at hand. Everybody say feast of the booths. Now the feast of the booths was a uh, celebration that they had. Uh, it was a commemoration of the time when the people of Israel, when they were delivered from Egypt, God delivered them out of Egypt. And so they dwelt in tents. They dwelt in booths in between God promising them to take them to a place called Canaan, which was known as the promised land. And so they had to dwell in tents or booths uh, in between that time. And this journey from Egypt to, uh, to Canaan was only supposed to be an 11-year journey, 11-day journey. But what, took 11, what was supposed to take 11 days ended up taking 40 years because of their disobedience. 
And so God had the Jews to observe this feast called the Feast of Booths. Uh, in the Hebrew, it was called Sukkot. Uh, it was also known as the Feast of Tabernacles to remind them of this time where God was faithful to them in between when he delivered them from Egypt or from bondage because they were in bondage in Egypt and when he was taking them to the promised land called Canaan. Now, every now and again, every now and again, you know, why would God allow them to do this? I look at this and it just reminds me of the fact that God will often leave reminders of your past in your life. Not for condemnation, but instead in commemoration of where he brought you from. Come on, somebody. The fact of the matter is that there are a lot of things in your life right now. There are people that you still have to see from your past. There, there, are, there are places that you drive by on your way to work. There's stuff that you have no choice but to see. There's, it's people that hurt you who are still in your family. Can I get a witness? And, and every Christmas, you got to look across at them uh, uh, on the dinner table. And you're wondering, God, why would you allow these people to still be in my life? But I'm here to tell you, baby, that the fact is that God has not allowed them to stay in your life for you to be condemned and to be reminded about the mess and the error that you were in but God will often allow them to remain in your life so that you can commemorate about the fact that it didn't kill you that it didn't stop you that it wasn't able to take you out and as a result you're sitting here right now man I'm excited about it it's not in your life to, to bring you to a place of condemnation. But oftentimes God will put things in your life that will remain there so that you can commemorate that he's a way maker. And so as we go forward, as we go forward, look at the text. It says, it says in verse 2, the Jews, uh, the Jews feast of the booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. Help me preach this, Jesus. Verse 4 says, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Verse 5 says, for not even his brothers. Somebody say his brothers. Not even his brothers believed in him. So his brothers, his fam, the ones that were with him. Some of you didn't even know that Jesus had any other family. Jesus had brothers. He had other brothers. And these who were in his household, they did not believe that he was who he said that he was. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that he was the son of God. And as a result, watch it what they're telling him to do. They're saying, if you truly are who you are, mocking him, then go out. And present yourself. Show the works that you do to everyone. Because no one who wants to be known does their stuff in secret. In other words, they were trying to tell him to promote himself. To put himself out there. If you want to succeed, this is what you need to do. Can I give you some news? The fact of the matter is that sometimes people who give you promotion advice are actually trying to set you up for failure. Not everybody that you see on the TV that's giving you 10 steps to how you can have success and 10 steps to how you can be blessed. Come on, somebody. Not all of your family members that are telling you, baby, you need to just go on here and marry him. Not, not everyone. Y'all never heard that before. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody giving you that sort of advice actually has your best interest at hand. Or even if they do have the right intentions, many times what they're encouraging you to do, even though it might seem like it's taking you higher, it actually will hold you back. 
come here Matthew chapter 4 man Jesus is in this passage Jesus just finished fasting for 40 days and 40 nights in Matthew chapter 4 uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 and onward you can read the story on your own time and and the devil the devil what Satan does to tempt him not only does he tell him to turn some stones into bread but the devil also the Bible says takes him up this mountain he takes him up a mountain we often think that the re- the only way that the devil will get you is by taking you down. Sometimes the devil can take you up and still jack up your life. Man, I feel like preaching. And so he took him up to the mountain and he shows him. He says, if you, if you bow down to me, if you compromise, you can have everything that you see in front of you. And Jesus ends up rebuking the devil and tells him, no, nah, no, nah, man, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to go that route. But the fact of the matter is that all promotional advice is not good advice. It's very possible, watch this, for you to go higher in life and lower in Christ. Let me say that again. It's, it's very possible for you to go higher in life but lower in Christ. In other words, you might have got a promotion on your job, but what did you have to compromise to get that promotion? You might have, you might have uh, just got married to your dream woman or your dream man, but what, what morals did you have to sacrifice and give up in order to do what you, what you, what, in order to get them? Oftentimes we sacrifice and we think that we're going higher and we think that we're succeeding. But not everyone who gives you promotional advice has your best interest in mind. Are you still with me? Look at what else they said to Jesus. I'm almost out your way. He says in verse 3, so his brothers said to him, leave here, go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. What? Them dudes didn't read their Bible. Because the fact of the matter is that the kingdom is the, op- the absolute opposite of what the world would tell you success looks like. The world says promote all of your dirty, to promote all of your business on Facebook so everyone can know about you and that's how you go higher. The world says do this and that to put yourself on blast so that you can go higher. When in actuality the kingdom says in order to go up you must go down. In order to reap, you must first sow. Come on, somebody. The world will tell you, before you sow, you need to be able to have a whole bunch of stuff. I can't give because I don't have. Well, the Bible is clear that if you give, that that's how it shall be given unto you. Press good measure, press down, shaken together, running over will God give into your bosom. You don't wait to give when you have, you give so you can have. God gave his only, can I just preach, man? The gospel is about God giving his only so that man could be saved. His only son was given. Come on, somebody. He didn't wait till he had two or three, but he loved you so much that he was willing to bankrupt heaven and give the only son that he had. Man, I wish I had a church in this place. 
The kingdom is about the opposite. That's why write down Matthew 6 verse 1 through 4 and verses 16 through 18. Check them out at another time. And Jesus makes it clear to the Pharisees who are in a position where they're, where they're, he, he, he tells his disciples, he tells us, he says, don't be like the Pharisees who when they give, they blow a trumpet and a horn to make it clear that they did something good. He says, when you do good stuff for folk, he says, do it in secret. And he says that your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Hey, I'm helping an old lady across the street. Look what I did. I, I just, you know, here, here, you need to borrow some money. Everybody look. I'm lending him some money. He says, don't make it blasted. Don't put it out there. He says, it's not about putting yourself out there. Jesus, is, Jesus understood. He says that if, 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 if I want to go higher, I have to go lower first. My Bible declares in Matthew 23, verse 12, it says that he who humbles himself will be exalted. Am I in the book? John chapter 7. Let's go back here, if you will. So we go on. Let's go back. Uh, verse 4 says, For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Can I tell you that sometimes your family is the biggest hindrance to you fulfilling the will of God? Any witnesses? When I made that decision, when I made that decision to, 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 to trust Jesus and to follow Jesus and, and to make a huge decision that I had to make in, as it pertained to religion and, and this change, it was my, my family was the biggest hindrance that I had. I love them. I respect them. I honor them. But it was a major decision to be able to make that transition because of the hindrance that I had with my family. Here, Jesus, the son of God, who shows up to save me mankind his family those in his household were the ones that hindered him some of you you have been trying to follow Jesus you've been trying to walk out what God has called you to do you always hear about these opportunities and these options to do what God has called you to do. And many times it's your mom and your dad and, and all of these people that come to stop you. But I'm here to tell you, my brothers and my sisters, that your family can't stop the plan of God for your life. And I hear the Bible say that even when my family, when my mother and my father forsake me, that the Lord will lift me up. Come on, somebody in this place. Not only this, but the Bible declares, the Bible declares in Mark chapter 10, Jesus says that those who leave family and those who leave loved ones and those who lose houses and, and lands and things of this nature for the sake of the gospel that in this life that he would replenish those things a hundredfold and in the life to come there is no family that is greater than your God there is nothing that is in front of you that should stop you from walking out what God has in front of you for you I hear the Bible talk about Joseph. Joseph, come here, Joseph. Joseph is a guy that he has some dreams, and, and these dreams that he has, they, they, they're met with opposition from his brothers. The dreams that he had, his brothers, they didn't realize that the dreams that he had were actually dreams that were going to help them out in the future. But because they didn't immediately understand this, they thought that he was trying to belittle them, and so they decided that they were going to kill him. And then he had that, that brother that was in the pack of brothers. 
You know, there's, you know when, when you're the black sheep in the family, there's just always that one person in there that has your back. And so the one brother, the one brother was like, you know what, man? Okay, I know this is, this, this is not really a step up, but, but, but it's a better step up because at least he'll still be alive. Y'all want to kill him, let's sell him into slavery. And so they sell him into slavery, but the, but the pit when that they threw him in couldn't stop him. The prison that they put him in couldn't stop him. Come on, somebody, because God had a call and a purpose on his life. And the Bible declares that he was still faithful even when he was in the prison. And he walked in the favor of God. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that you should not quit because of your family. You still stay on assignment because God has a plan that is greater than where you are. And their family can't even stop it from coming to pass. There was a young lady in our church, uh, the church I planted in Michigan that, I, that we've now transitioned from, and uh, she, her, uh, uh, she's belonged to a religion uh, that was a whole lot more serious than Christianity. She was not, you know, she was not, uh, her, her heritage, her family is from a totally different place, and she came on a Wednesday night to church, and, uh, and when she came to church, she heard the gospel, and the gospel captured her heart. And she wanted to make that decision to follow Jesus and be baptized. But for almost two years, she couldn't take that step and make that step forward. And the reason why is because there was the potential of her parents killing her. But just because she would have decided to follow Jesus. Well, I'm happy to tell you that I think it was two weeks ago that I went home. Two weeks ago, we went back to Michigan. I had the opportunity of baptizing that young lady. And the powerful thing is, right before we baptized her, we were by the pool. We're getting ready to get in the pool and baptize this young lady. And I said to her, I asked her, I said, hey, you know, I said, you know, there might be some pictures. People are taking pictures and stuff. Uh, but I can assure you that we're going to do everything we can to weed some of those photos out. Uh, because, you know, I don't want you to, you know, be in any sort of a predicament or, or a situation. She says, she looks at me and she says, you know what? My parents don't know about this. And I don't even care. Go ahead and put the pictures up. I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm not turning back. Man, you got to get to the place where you say I'm not letting my family. Mama, you don't have a heaven or a hell to put me in. I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus and I'm not turning back. And so, 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 so praise God. Uh, let's look. Let's continue. So verse 5 says for, uh, well, actually, you know what? Uh, let's go back to verse 3. So his brothers said to him, his brothers said to him, uh, they say, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to, uh, to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. When I read that, man, you know what? I, I read it. I was going through. I was getting my stuff together, the notes and stuff. And then I realized, I was like, hold up a minute. He's telling them to, they're telling him to go and show himself openly and do these works in public. I'm like, where were y'all in John chapter 6? Jesus just finished feeding 5,000 people in John chapter 6. And y'all are showing up talking about 
Y'all are showing up talking about, oh, you need to go ahead and, and make yourself, you know, shown to everyone. Where were y'all in my John chapter 6? Now, you just show up suddenly out of nowhere being critical, telling me what I need to do to better myself. Come on, somebody. Where were you in John chapter 6? Man, you got to be careful for people that only show up in your life to be critical. You couldn't find them in your life nowhere before that moment, but suddenly they show up like they Dr. Phil or Oprah, and they have the best advice to give you about what to do in your life are you with me in this on this where were you in my john chapter six people people that and and and, and, you know i might get in trouble for saying this but it's okay you know folk that show up to church man and 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 suddenly out of nowhere uh you know they haven't been they haven't been around but but suddenly they just show up out of nowhere they go missing every you know for like six months and all this stuff and then they just suddenly show what are y'all doing with the money you need to do this so you can serve better you need to take, you know who was interested a lot in the money in the Bible? Uh, it was a dude named Judas, and uh, we know how that ended. Uh, can I just be real this, this morning? And so, folks, show up what you're doing with the money. You need to do this to serve better. Where were y'all when on Mother's Day we were feeding mothers with a whole bunch of bags? Where were y'all when we were discounting gas and being a blessing to the community? And now you want to show up and be critical? Come on, somebody. You got to be careful for people who just show up to be critical. Can I say it, man? You can't say amen, just say ouch. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? Can I, can I help you? You know what's funny? You know how to notice those people? Those are usually, Johnny, those are the same people that usually show up, watch this, they usually show up after a successful time, and they say, man, I just knew that that was going to work. When you do what you were doing in the first place and didn't do what they had to do, then they show up talking about, oh, I knew that it was going to be wonderful. You were the same one telling me I need to change, I need to do this, and I need to do that. Now you show up talking about you knew it was going to work? Am I the only person that met people like that? (laughs) Okay. (sighs) For not even his brothers and his sisters believed in him. Now watch this. Look, if you will, if you go down uh, to verse, if you go down to verse 6, he says, Jesus says to them, here's his response. Here we get to over Redenbacher. Jesus says to them, my time has not yet come say that with me say my time has not yet come my time has not yet come now some scholars they believe that jesus that jesus was uh that he was talking about his time was not yet come to go up to that feast the succot feast the feast of booths uh but we see that jesus ends up going uh there others believe that he was speaking and i kind of uh stand in this camp they believe that he was speaking about about uh his passion his time has not yet come to die and if you look in verse one it says after this jesus went about in Galilee. Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jew, and so look here, you would, it would be easy for you to look at this and think that Jesus was, say, was saying his time was, was not yet coming uh, because he was scared to die. But I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, that Jesus was not scared of death. There just were some things that he needed to complete before he went to the cross. Is there anybody in this place that understands there was still some blind eyes that he had to open? There were still some lives that he had to encounter and change. And so if he quit or if he put himself in a position where his life would have been over there were some things that would have needed to be done if he quit if he threw in the towel you and i would not be sitting here those of you that claim the name of jesus he saw you in advance and that's why he stayed there till the end 
And I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, that there are some of you who are being pushed into premature operation. There are some of you who are being pushed by people in your life or situations that you're facing into quitting and throwing in the towel. But I came here to declare this word for you. I came here to declare this word to you. Not yet. Somebody say not yet. Somebody may have come in here with the spirit of suicide upon you and the devil or your situation may make you feel like you need to kill yourself and you need to abort this mission. But nobody closes a book because of one bad chapter. Not yet. Don't quit. God still has plans for your life. God still has plans for your life. God still has plans for your life. There's still dreams that need to be fulfilled. There's still lives that he wants to change through you. The marital situation that you have. The heart problem that you have. The relational issue that you have. God did not mean for it to take you out. He has plans for you beyond this. Not yet. God doesn't want for when people open you up that they just have a bag of seeds and they're sitting there chomping on seeds. He wants people to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good when they eat you, when they eat the stuff that comes out of your life because of the things that he takes you through. Can I tell you today that those things, if it hasn't, man, wouldn't you be dead by now? If it was meant to take you out, you would have been dead by now. But the fact is, the Bible declares, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And if Jesus hasn't taken you out of this place, and if that situation hasn't taken you out of this place, know that God has a plan beyond what you're going through. Not yet. I'm going to close with this scripture. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Apostle Paul declares to the Galatians. He says, don't be weary in (laughs) well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. You cannot see the harvest if you get up and quit or throw in the towel or go in grow prematurely you will you will you will miss the harvest who plants seeds and waters them and then walks away and never comes back you plant seeds with the purpose of being able to reap a harvest and the fruit from those seeds that are planted. I'm here to tell you, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what is in your life, God has not meant for it to crush you or to kill you. If that was the case, it would be done. He meant it to build you so that when people experience your life, that they are able to hear and see that God indeed is good. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, he, his not yet was, uh, he still, he, he, he couldn't quit and throw in the towel because he had to fulfill some scripture. He, he, he had to, he had to be beaten. He had to be whipped. Come on, somebody. He had to be bruised on your behalf. He had to be, he had to be taken up a, up a mount called Calvary and, and put on a cross on a hill called Golgotha. He had to be stretched wide. He had to have his head hung high and when he died, he had to be pierced in his side and, and none of his bones broken to fulfill scripture. That was his not yet. He, he went all the way to the cross and he, and he did this. He did this after accomplishing what it was that he had to accomplish on this earth. 
And guess what? Guess what? He, he went to rent a tomb and he borrowed. He, 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 he rented a tomb because he wasn't planning to stay there. And the fact is that bright and early on Sunday morning, come on somebody, that he got up from the grave with all power in his hands that not yet equaled victory. Because he hung in there and he didn't quit and throw in the towel during the not yet. And so I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, no matter what's going on in your life, don't quit. If God has made promises to you, hang in there. Not yet.